Welcome to the Footy Museum and the podcast associated with said museum, which is called the Footy Museum Podcast. I am Justin Witte, and I'm joined by co-director Maria Van Dyke and Lee. Hello, Maria. How are you? Hi, Justin. Um, I'm doing extra well this week. Extra well? Extra well. Wow. Let me guess the reasons that could be. One, you may have won the lottery. Two. If only I played. There's some um, unknown millennial thing that happened that I'm unaware of. There usually is. Or three, um, Leeds won a game. (laughs) Which one is it? It's the last one. (laughs) I don't remember the last time I actually saw them win a game. Because they won a few over the summer friendly matches. But I don't Mm -hmm. remember, like the last regular season game, I can't think of when that was where they won. So this was very exciting for me. So give us the breakdown. What happened? Well, first, I had to find a stream. <laughs> yeah, how because did you it wasn't that? being broadcast. I asked Jeremy how to find a stream. <laughs> and he taught me. Um, and I I this would have been a really stressful watch because it was against Ipswich, who were at the top of the table so far in the championship. And so I was like anticipating a loss. And it ended up being Leeds for Ipswich. Three. It was very exciting, but I watched without commentary, so I think that calmed my nerves <laughs> a lot. And the first two Ipswich goals were basically off of Leeds' errors. One was an own goal, and one was just a really bad blunder in which all hell broke loose, and Melier was out of goal, and and then they ended up scoring. It was very um, disappointing, but overall, I'd say it was a really fun game, and um, I kept my nerves. It was great. That's great. I saw that score and it made me think, oh, they're finally settling into the championship. <laughs> just seems like <laughs> such a wild west down there. I know. Yeah. But Yanto and Sinistera were finally playing again. That's good. And they both scored. And the new striker, Perot, also scored. So that was exciting. So why did they agree to play again? I don't know. Things been resolved? Uh, probably know. not. They're probably getting out of there, but who knows? I don't know. My inside sources uh, <laughs> are not reliable. My inside sources. Googled it and nothing yes. came up. Well, that's great. Um, there was a lot of other football this weekend. Um, the Premier League, obviously. Uh, Christian Pulisic uh, scored another goal for Milan. And there's this great video going around of the fans chanting his name he must oh, love that nice. so that's nice for americans abroad you know what my favorite part of soccer slash football is what's that my favorite part is after somebody scores and then all of their friends pat them on their back and oh. cheer and <laughs> the group hugging <laughs> yes. yes it's i want that experience oh. someday just doing some doing my job and then all my friends come and cheer well no one why did. haven't you done that yet <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> No, it does it better, I think, than um, the face of the MLS, Lionel Messi and mm-hmm. his crew, who who ironically played their first ever MLS match, official MLS match this weekend. He only played for 35 minutes, but he came in and there was a play where, how do we say, Basquets, Basquets, whatever, <laughs> linked up with Jordi Alba, who did a crazy like bicycle pass kick to Messi in the middle who then did an outside of the foot just deranged angle oh, to the so side incredible. Uh, to their young 
like I think he's still a teenager. This, uh, is he that Miami local? Yeah, he's from the Miami system. Who's really his level? Is it Carmachi? What's his name? Um, his level of play is really. You can just see it uh, rising, playing with these quality players, and then he perfectly crosses in, and basically Messi walks into the goal mm-hmm. with it. It's a great moment. It was in New York, Red Bull Arena, but it was clearly a pro Messi crowd because the place went crazy. <laughs> And then he's good at celebrating. And it, it's a good segue into one of the things we're going to talk about today because I noticed there's all these clips of Messi totally owning MLS and then him happily celebrating, be one of the guys not being egotistical, are huge on uh, huge as clips because they're not limited to, uh, they're not geo uh, tagged or anything. So they're seen everywhere. And they're getting all this uh, attention. It's drawing attention to him and obviously the league. But I think it's also drawn the attention of one uh, Cristiano Ronaldo. Because oh. if you may remember Ronaldo's early days in Saudi Arabia, there was a lot of footage of him looking grumpy and very Ronaldo-esque at not <laughs> being handed goals on a platter. Um, uh. All of a sudden this weekend, I noticed videos popping up my feed of Ronaldo scoring a hat trick and him what I would describe four smiling celebrations with his teammates of whom I'm sure he does not know their names. <laughs> and he's like, and then the saddest one is there was one, I think he, after he got a hat trick and it was, I only had 36 likes. And I was like, when did this get posted? And it was like two hours old. <laughs> and and it like, only had 36 likes. Yeah. Who posted it? I don't know. It probably wasn't the main source, but still anything with Messi is getting like, yeah. So I just think it's funny. I think that there's some little more attention being paid to MLS in Saudi Arabia than they would like to lead on. And I've said that kind of um, ties in to what we're... T- one of the things we're talking about today is we decided with all of the high ticket price players going to play in the desert in Saudi Arabia... And all the attention around that and all the controversy around that, we might look at some of the designs of these clubs that make up the Saudi League. I, I must admit, I gave this league as much research as it deserved. I'll just as <laughs> I think that's, that's a great summary of the issues here, because obviously um, there's controversy surrounding this league, mm-hmm. um, and they're they have very specific goals uh, to be one of the top 10 leagues in the world by 2030. Um, The controversy being, of course, the human rights violations in Saudi Arabia, the consistent ones, and then also all of the corruption and um, uh, stuff surrounding the league itself. Okay, so the the Saudi Pro League, also known as the... Uh, and pronunciations, as usual, apologize. Rashan Saudi League, for sponsorship reasons, um, is the top flight of Saudi football. It was founded in 1976 and has um, a number of teams. <laughs> <laughs> there are teams. Yes. Um, so, and I'm sorry, it has 18 teams, is the top level of the pyramid, Um it awards two cups, the King Cup and Super Cup. Um, it, they do play in the Asian Champions League and the Arab Club Champions Cup in terms of uh, kind of international competitions. 
Um, so the team with the most championships is Al-Hilal, which you may recognize as one of the teams that have been snatching up Premier League players. And the, it is a league most famous right now, I'd say globally, where last year is where Cristiano Ronaldo, Ronaldo went to El Nasser, Nasser, and he was the first of what has been a wave of later career footballers getting exorbitant mm-hmm. payouts to play in a league in which the top four teams are funded by the Saudi investment fund, the same owner of all of golf now, originally <laughs> the live the LIV golf, but they've bought out the PGA, the same owners of uh, Newcastle. Mm-hmm. And we know that the Saudi investment fund goal is to improve the overall image of Saudi Arabia through sport. And this is part of Saudi Arabia's expansive plan uh, called Saudi Arabia 2030, in which they want to establish themselves as a global center of culture, tourism, uh, sport, and innovation. A.K.A. sports washing. Sports, A.K.A. sports. Yes. And what could they be washing? Well, the leader of Saudi Arabia who's also behind the Saudi Investment Fund, is also famous for having um, uh, journalists murdered who disagree with him. There's a lot of outstanding women's rights issues, um, a very oppressive government in different ways. Um, and let's not forget there's still talk about, here in the U.S., Saudi's uh, involvement in backing of different, what would be called terrorist groups, including the individuals who carried out the attacks on September 11th. <laughs> so here we go. Just a couple things. Just a few things. So, but the, but the league is older than that, right? Mm-hmm. I think the, the tricky thing I have with looking at this from an American perspective, there's a lot of negative connotations. And I think inevitably there's some that are factual and truth-based and some that are slanted, um, from kind of a lack of awareness, right? Mm-hmm. So it is impossible that everyone involved in this league and all the players are sinister. They, this is one of the top leagues um, in that part of the world. And as we can see from World Cup appearances, the players, at least their domestic players coming to the league, are are impressive. Um, it's not It's not like China where it was created out of nothing to try to take over. There is some history there. So I don't want to discount that in the discussion. I think also in terms of the design, at least for the team that I covered, mm-hmm. you'll see a very clear difference between the historic uh, designs and the, recent. and the recent under the new kind of branding and sports, sports washing efforts. So what is the team that you chose? That's a good uh, yeah. segue um, to that. I went with Al Tai. Okay. which is kind of a mid-table team. Uh, it was founded in 1961 and is known for its all-silver, all-gray badge. Originally, they were actually black, and red and black, but um, in 68, they, they became known for their silver and white. Um, and they have spent 22 non-consecutive seasons in the Pro League. Nice. Um, yes, they play at Prince Abdul Aziz bin Musad Stadium in Ha'il, which has a capacity of... Just over 12,000. Oh, quaint. Yes. And it is owned by a prince of the Saudi royal family, but um, I don't 
find much about him. <laughs> so I think he might be a cousin. I'm not, I'm really not sure. Just a little bit more for the context of this design. The club is named after Hatim Altai, who is a legendary king from the 6th century. Um, mm -hmm. He's very well known in Arab, Persian, and Northern Indian cultures uh, for his extreme generosity. And also, according to Wikipedia, being a model for Arab manliness. Ooh. Yes. Um, so he, that's, that's kind of the origins of this area and this design, as we'll see. So there are four shields here, and the original from the 1980s, um, I actually very much like. I do like that one. Yeah, that's the strongest of the four. It has a shield shape with kind of a, a regular top, and in the middle there is, uh, at the center there's a palm tree that's a very like jagged, minimalist kind of almost Art Nouveau design mm -hmm. um, with some ornate, I don't know, it looks like a cup almost. It's hard yeah, to tell. I would say it's like a cup outline. Yeah, a cup with some, some frills, a tiny little old-fashioned football embossed in the middle, and then in Arabic letters, it says uh, Altai. And because of the graphic nature of the letters, it just looks real classy. And it blends in perfectly. It blends with in the perfectly. Design. Yeah, it looks like it's part of it. And then in the center of the palm tree itself, it says Ha'il, which is the region where it's from. And then, is that almost like a, a falcon or eagle shape at the bottom too? Yeah, it's wing-like. Yeah, which is also like a dominant mm -hmm. Saudi. Yeah, so imagery. Yeah. the palm, the palm tree is very Saudi, uh, and the falcon is very Saudi. So it just, it looks very regional. It looks very classy. Um, I really like this design. And it's distinct. It's distinct. To, it's not similar to anything mm -hmm. you've seen elsewhere in the world. Um, obviously the shape is, but I like, it's almost like the designer started with a hard edge squared off version of the of the script of the text and then built off of yeah, that. Yeah, it all feels very like integrated and the lines are all the same width pretty much. And it just feels very complete. The one thing that's weird is the color palette. Well, I think, I think if this is put on something, if it's a decal embossed or if it's, if in, it's in silver, silver instead yeah. of gray, like it is here, because on the more modern versions, you can see it turning into more of a silver effect mm -hmm. using gradients, but here it's just flat gray. But I, I like that. Cause I think it's distinct from, like it stands out from other clubs. I don't see, you don't see straight silver or straight gray. Yeah. yeah. You see it maybe on a third kit design or something like mm -hmm. that, but not as the official colors. Yeah. So yeah. I like that about it. So then how did it, because <laughs> between then and today, so that was, that was like 25 years they had that. Yeah, that was. And then in 2006 to 2018, they updated this design. It's the same shield shape, but they... <laughs> plugged it into Photoshop. Yep. Um, the outline, the, what was once a nice outline of the shield is now like a gradient, gradient roller coaster. A gradient oh roller coaster gosh. that has like five different five highlight highlights. Points. Yeah. It's, and it's that is a shiny badge. It's very shiny, but the inside is still just flat. There's no gradient on the inside. Does have drop shadow though. Uh -huh, be, with the, with the palm tree is now kind of this, it looks like a resort palm yes, tree. It does. It looks 
it looks like it has no personality anymore but the letters are still the same they eliminated the beautiful cup shape yes and they replaced that falcony looking detail with a photorealistic football mm-hmm. um clip art football yeah clip art football <laughs> this is the clip art version for sure and 2006 feels a little late to it have feels a- late like if this was 1995 you, you yeah, could understand this is, but it's definitely like we gotta westernify our logo yeah. like that is definitely you can see that starting to happen here like they even included latin letters like it says Tai on it, mm-hmm. um, but they're still using the Islamic calendar for the date. Uh, whereas in the next one, in the 2019 to 2023, which I think is an improvement, kind of. Yeah, they step they step back a little bit from the mm-hmm. from the they, illustrator. They flattened tools. everything yeah. out, but it's it's like they just threw a filter on the old well, it's like one. They, they flattened and like yeah, um, yeah they just did it's, a tracing of the. It's the same exact shape, yeah. but they. They added more Latin letters. The date is still the Islamic calendar, 1381, mm-hmm. but the, it's an improvement. Um, but what's really interesting is when we get to the newest badge, <laughs> which was made in July of this year. Um, <laughs> and this was definitely a branding effort that was tied in with the 2030 vision yes, goals like yeah. I, I read about this i had to do a little translate on google okay. but um this is a badge tied in with the 2030 vision goals and is it a ripoff of juventus <laughs> i think it is <laughs> because they did the same thing that juventus had done where they took their shield shape and and used like j mm-hmm. to make that shape and they've done the same thing with the t and um, I'm not quite sure what the second character is supposed to be, but I know it's supposed <laughs> to tie in with Altai. Like, that's it. Uh, I'm not quite sure the literal the literal shapes of the letters, but that is definitely what it's supposed to be. They've changed to the Gregorian date, so it's 1961. So that's very Western. For, yeah. So they still have um, at the top left, on the top left of the shield is filled out by the Arabic name Altai, and then mm-hmm. under the, that is written in Latin letters, Altai, 1961. And then the shape of the shield is made by a T curving in at the bottom and a G, a Y shape. Yeah. That's a nine, maybe? Nine. I'm yeah. not exactly sure, but that's on the other side. And they've added a horse on the inside. Not a full horse. A horse's head. <laughs> yeah. So it's sticking out of the area in between. And it's centered. It's a little strange, oddly placed. And they put out this whole like video about the history of it tying in with uh king hatim um and how how he was an equestrian and they're they're honoring him in the history of this place with this adding this horse and just trying to cement it in in the land but then also updating it with this western look is kind of an interesting move to me like the 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 current one is hideous yeah (laughs) i mean and it's like one of those not quite accurate, overly muscular horses. It feels very NFL. It, it or or CFL, like Canadian. It's like not. <laughs> it would, it, it's not. It even wouldn't pass the. Like there's too many. There's just a little too much muscle detail, and then just the head makes it kind of weird. And it, yeah, and those it's two just large letters are just center. so awkward. And I don't, and it's, I'm, I need a, an Arabic speaker to explain what it's literally supposed to be to me because I don't understand it. 
Well, this this is an interesting evolution because the original is is light years ahead mm-hmm. of the others, and you almost wonder if if at some point there's hopefully a chance for them to return to that. But the the original does not fit in with a, a the goals of the, the new goals of a global vision. It's I if I had to guess, this was not a decision by a designer. Mm. This final design, I think there was designers involved. But I, it, I would be surprised if their input or desires were what led the direction of it. Because it looks like you have to do this, you have to include this and mm-hmm. this. No, it has to be. They handed so them a picture of Juventus yeah. and said, put a horse on it and a Gregorian date. <laughs> well, it is interesting how, you know, trying to adopt these uh, symbols from established leagues as a shortcut of... Hmm. establishing the league. And I, I think without going into the politics of this particular league, if you are a young league trying to gain notoriety, like MLS uh, is also, um, I understand that desire to borrow established symbols that reference a stronger history of football. I think this is maybe healthy... For us, because maybe we can't see U.S. with as much perspective, but I suspect there's a similar effect, however, in that from the outside, it does not ring true and almost gives it a more generic quality because what I would like... You're talking about the MLS right now? No, I'm talking about the the Saudi Pro League in, in, in parallel to the MLS is that looking at that final uh, design you just talked about... Um, and also the design I'm going to talk about from Al Nasser, Nasser, um, which borrows a crown, which is very similar to mm-hmm. a crown you might see, say, like on a Madrid crest or any number of crests that were originally associated with royalty or mm-hmm. want to have that tie in, is that you see the reference being made, but with different leagues, you, as an outsider, you want to see something distinct about that league. Um, distinct to that region, distinct to how it developed. And that's what makes it interesting. Mm. So um, in the, on the U.S. side, I think there's been a lot of pushback against kind of the early 1990s logos the teams had when they were created because they were too like Photoshoppy and 90s and American. And in the U.S. Soc- fan base, there is a kind of a repulsion by them. But if you get outside of the fan base people really like those because they're distinctly American, right? They are. Um, they're a little charming in that way. Yeah. If you can deal with the way in which it's charming. you own, own who you are. You know America. what I mean? Like just own it and like... It's sucker. And knowing a little bit about some of the design ideas of that time, um, because I was watching something that was talking a lot about like the Toronto Raptors original design, which was crazy. And they had on their jerseys oversized cartoonish Raptors playing mm-hmm. basketball in a uniform. <laughs> like it was the peak of like that Space 90s. Jam. But there was almost this design at the time, there was a section that was just embracing the over the top Americanness and kind of craziness running with it. Not different from, say, maybe like a Memphis style of furniture design or um, perhaps Venturi Scott Brown architecture wise. So Venturi Scott Brown. Uh, famously like 
really adopted very American suburban look thing. They were the original designers of Gurney Mills Mall in Illinois. And um, anyway, sidetrack. So if you can see it as that, it's unique because it is tied into where it is. And what you just described is them, that being completely washed mm-hmm. away. And the same thing happens uh, with the Al Nasser. Nasser. Is it Nasser or Nasser? I don't think either is probably. Yeah. <laughs> but Apologies. with their design, you see the same thing. So this is a club uh, founded in 1955. Uh, their first uh, crest from 55 to 71 uh, is the is the club name in um, very kind of calligraphy script at the top over a large V. Um, and then what I'm imagining is the date down the middle. Is that correct? I'm not sure. Uh, but it's not contained in any shape. And it's a very pale like gold yellow. I like that butter yellow. It's a butter yellow, but it looks like three um, dis- dis- disparate elements kind of thrown together. Yeah. But then in 1971, they hit on what I think is probably my favorite uh, design of any of these clubs at any point. It is a simple, and it's very Leeds-esque, Maria. Oh, I was just about to say. It's a, a simple s- circle with the outline of uh, Saudi Arabia with the land masses being in yellow and then uh, the water surrounding the country in blue. So it's mm-hmm. yellow and blue colors, which are the club's uh, colors. And then at an angle in a much more hard edge version of script is the club name. But it, to a Western eye, it, it almost resembles like a, a trumpet on its side, I would say. Um, oh, the letters. The themselves. letters. The yes. letters do. But it fits nicely within the outline of the country mm-hmm. uh, because the end of the letter in, uh, of the name in script uh, turns up in like an eye with the dot and that follows the shape of the peninsula of Saudi mm-hmm. Arabia. And then you have the kind of abstract, which natural coastline highlighted between the yellow landmass and the blue water. But it also kind of looks like a football shape. But there's no yeah. other text or Mm-mm. anything. And it's simple. Um, it is definitely distinctive to the area, to the league. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's strong. And then the one that followed... Um, I like this one better. They have two from 71 to 09, two versions, right? So the the other version has that same design in the middle and then um, script around the outside, um, including the full name and and founding date, I believe, Um, not being a, not being able to read Arabic. I can't tell you for sure, but also very good. I quite I like this. It's a very thick ring. One. It feels more like circle. a complete uh, crest design. Mm-hmm. And I I um I'm always waffly on map outlines for designs just mm-hmm. because they're so jagged and yeah. have so much detail just by the nature of being a landmass. So I like that it's um kind of sh- like contained within this more structured ring. And again the um the really beauty of the script in the outer circle works really well. It is simplified, hard edged, but by its nature, there's a lot of variation in that script and a lot of accent marks and mm-hmm. that really work to add little details and, and really beauty. The script across the top of the circle is in a, a larger, thicker font, 
and then smaller bottom. And it's, I would say it's also very nice. I think so. These are like these two to me are, are the top designs of the whole league at any point. I would it's say. just like a really beautiful written language. So mm-hmm. it's, I know, I know using Latin alphabet um, makes it more global mm-hmm. to other, uh, other countries around the world, but just, I think this is one of the things too with the globalized society is that like people give in to the Europe of it all and, yes. and they, they like make accommodations for people I'm like, well, we can do a little work. We can, we don't have to learn how to read Arabic, but we can learn how to identify clubs. Right. And, or at least how they write out the key elements of the club, mm-hmm. like the name. I'm guilty of this, but you could do that. But that kind of globalization took hold in 2009 as the league started to have more outward-facing uh, goals. And you get a not a great um, update. So it is kind of a curved crest, like a, a Leeds shape. Again, a Leeds reference. <laughs> this is um, very mimicky of, in the, of their history as well. Yeah. In, in the center, there is a circular shape that now has um, overlapping lines kind of in a V shape to suggest kind of a rounded pattern that suggests both a ball and a, and a lot of movement. I mean, in it is now just the outline of the country with some of the water um, and then the the club name in Arabic, but much thicker font and kind of condensed. And then over that circular design that I just described, written in English, is the club name with a falcon on the end and then 1955 underneath. What is what is that thing on top of the end though? Is that... It's a falcon. Yeah, but is there also like a little ball? Is there another ball? I think it is. Yeah, it is. It is a soccer ball. Um, It's very small. There's too much stuff. And and I should mention also in the in the outline of the peninsula, the, the dot at the end of the club name is now kind of like a sunburst. I don't know if you noticed that. So it almost looked like in this one, there were three designs they tried to mash together. Yeah. Um, and it looks like a... It's a design by committee. UN club design or something like that. <laughs> and then 2011, they start to try to mimic you know, European clubs uh-huh. where... It looks very Belgian. They return to the circle, but now it's all in English. And it's, they start to... It starts to say football club in English. Um, it is... Again, the circle with in the center is, is the outline of the country with a name, and the round is a blue band where it says the club name, and that's followed by a thinner gold band. And across the center is that um, Photoshop gradient, so it's real shiny. But then they added a crown, uh, two laurels, and then uh, a very ornate floating ribbon, 1955. So this is their first attempt. And then since 2020, they got rid of the ribbon and the laurels, and they have a very Real Madrid. It's better. Look, it is better, but it, it's clearly like at that point, um, they already want Cristiano because they're trying to make their crest look <laughs> as close as possible to the one he has a lot of familiarity <laughs> with. It would be the same. The proportions are pretty much the same. Um, the circle, it the circle's not bad. It's basically like their nice one from 1971, except the script is now in English, which isn't as beautiful. Um, and they also 
changed their colors to less kind of vivid yellow to a, really like a yellow orange. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So, and this is, of course, three years after that is when uh, Cristiano Ronaldo signed with them for a record $200 million a year. I think Sadio Mane is also joining them this year. Um, so that kind of transformation and connection in the design to the European League is translating to they're trying to get the respect by just bringing in anyone and everyone who is respected from that league. And you're getting a real divide, I would say, in football from players who are willing to take what is really obscene paydays, I mean, mm-hmm. astronomical amounts, um, with some who are refusing that, such as famously Messi decided to turn down a $1.3 billion contract. Um, and it's a tough, a tough call, but again, it's similar to the design. It brings some attention, but now it's like, well, now it's just a, maybe not as established, not as good, but recycler of the players and names that we already know and losing. I'm sure there's like fantastic Saudi players. Mm -hmm. We don't know. They do very well. Yeah. In the Asian league. So I don't know. It's a, it's a conflicted feeling and uh, it's interesting to watch because they are like it or not going to be players on the, at least in the transfer market scene for quite some while until they move on to another project perhaps. Um, and they inevitably are putting a lot of salary pressure on the entire world. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's changing the game one way or the other and in a direction that is not ultimately great for the game. And for that, I, I can't help but view all of these with a negative slant because of my feelings about that the government of that country uh, to some extent, but, but just related to football, what just showing up with that much cash to the table yeah. kind of does in terms of putting that kind of financial pressure across the world. Yeah, because it's not a vacuum. Yeah. Every decision that every powerful federation makes is affects the other ones, mm-hmm. like a domino effect. Yeah, so that's it. You know, <laughs> I can't, you know, I've yet to watch any of these games or they're kind of hard to watch. I've seen some some clips um, from all over, from some decent looking play to some like people trying to hi- highlight it, suggesting it's a horrible league. I don't think it, it it's a horrible league at all. I, I think it was, as the history shows, already a, a decent league in the region, um, a good league in the region. And again, having seen the Saudi national team play, that there are good footballers uh, definitely in Saudi Arabia. So I just don't know much about the game play. So I'm left is just the politics of it, which do, does leave a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah. Well, I think the de- design of these interweaves with the politics in a really real way. Very clear. That you can see yeah. by date. So that's just another example of how football is life. We should try to find a fan to have on the show of the Saudi league to inform us better and in some of that history. And then maybe get insight into how those dramatic changes are viewed by someone who's maybe followed mm-hmm. the league for a while. And I'm also curious about the ways that the government, every country uses sports to influence their citizens, not just sports washing their image for the outside world, but mm-hmm. also keeping 
their people happy. And I saw this video from TIFO where they had some sort of expert or source that said that, yeah, this is a, in part, a effort by the government to keep the men in the country happy. And they're like, we can, we'll give you anything you want. You want Ronaldo? We'll give you Ronaldo. Mm -hmm. Just be happy with us. That is the Saudi Pro League. I think the other big news, obviously dominating um, the news this week, is how uh, Spain's Football Federation has decided to take a dump all over their World Cup champions. <laughs> um, not only by the action of their president immediately following the victory of the World Cup champions, but then the refusal to um, take responsibility and action based on really stupid behavior <laughs> and it's interesting to watch now men's players from Spain are starting to boycott and play but I just want to say I'll let you you can say what you want but I just want to say it's so sad because this team won the World Cup mm -hmm. they played great mm -hmm. star players and now this is the discussion even if it's resolved the way it should be or not so Forcefully kissing a player is ridiculous. <laughs> um, That's I, one I, I way try of to putting try it. to imagine. Well, it's 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 it's, it's so many things. <laughs> but it through that action, the um, the bigger tragedy is is through that action. There was like the stealing of the rightful glory that these players deserve yeah. from winning the the toughest competition in their field. I'm just going to go out on a limb and say that whichever women's team won the World Cup, there would be something like this following. Well, Some sort of something in regards to how the team isn't supported the way that ideally it should be supported. It's at varying levels. Yeah, at varying levels, of course. Right. Like, like Spain is its own ish bag of issues, but... Yeah, I think you're right. I think that always has been the case. And then that is continues to be highlight continuing broader issues in, in terms of equal opportunity and also treatment that it's, it's just shocking, not shocking, but it's sad that it, it continues. I wonder if the extremely visible way in which this came out may ultimately beneficial hopefully because it's forcing it was such a visual representation of a culture that existed uh -huh. that was previously just highlighted by by addressing disparity in pay or actions or behind the scenes things but like to have a level of disrespect and um, aggression shown on the stage yeah for everyone as, as, as like oh Oh, you know what I mean? Like, it's so bad that it's just like it's not the, the head of the federation it's thinks thing, it's fine. Yeah. And it's not, so, it's not about the press or some trolls reacting to the team. It's the president of the fucking federation. Yeah. Um, I don't want to contribute to the distraction of their victory, but they played awesome. And um, they won the freaking World Cup. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Like, what do you, like, and I, I just. Just uh, another day at the office. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, here's some good news. <laughs> What's that? Nike's going to produce Mary Earps' kit. I know, I saw that. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, they're going to produce it, so that's great. 
No, I really do think that no matter what team to one to whatever degree, and there's probably smaller conversations happening with each team as they return home about the level of support each team gets from their Mm -hmm. federation or from their country. These conversations are always happening and to varying degrees um, get global eyes on them depending. So Spain's victory means that they are front and center. Also, their situation just sucks. So (laughs) it's just, it's so, (sighs) well, and it's never, uh, it's one of those things where these teams have to show up and play the game, but it's never just about the game. There's always something more. There's always some troll. There's always some opposition. And I'm like, to anybody who says, I think about this a lot, to anybody who says that the women's game um, or women aren't as good or talented or, you know, any of the things people say, like, we have no idea the potential of women because women are not supported in sports the same way as men are. And it starts with basically every girl who's in PE class or like a high school athlete like I was a high school athlete I never got told how to eat all the women's beauty standards are to be smaller not to be stronger Mm -hmm. and so they say you like and I confused being small with being fit Mm -hmm. and (laughs) I was confused when I couldn't run a mile and I'm like I'm fit I play sports why can't I run a mile turns out if you eat something you can run further. So, <laughs> like, and I didn't figure that out until I was 30. So I, I don't, like, we have no idea what the potential of women is. And it will take generations before we even start to see it. Because these things take time. And it starts now with the kids to reach like the potential that the men's league has been reaching continuously for a hundred years in most countries, in most countries. <laughs> so <laughs> painting with a broad brush here, but I'm just saying like the, the gap is a lot shorter in the U S cause yeah, I know, <laughs> but no. we're talking globally here. No, I'm sorry. Yeah. So yeah. I'm just, well, there was an in, in, uh, interesting ad campaign for this world cup. Uh, that was put out by a French company where they took highlights from women's soccer players uh, from France's biggest stars and they doctored them so that the action was exactly the same, but the players were transformed into a top level male athletes, mm-hmm. uh, Mbappe, Griezmann, etc. And then the video starts with talking about the amazing game and you're watching these highlights and you're seeing these players you know, these male players, and scoring these bangers, doing all this great work. And then through the video, they reveal what they did and showed how they do it. And then they re-show the exact same clips with the women. And I think there's, I think in addition to the obstacles, there is still a a, not a realization of an of automatic discounting of skill prior to it even going on because people reacted to the first part of this video like, oh yeah, these are amazing clips. Of course mm-hmm. they're doing it. Well, guess what? The exact same thing is being done by these players already. So I think there is some gap, absolutely, as you highlighted, but there's also a um, bias in viewing. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, that doesn't change without more and more exposure, right? Well, it, 
to like the fostering of players and talent like i'm saying the we're going to have a larger talent pool as younger generations are being supported to be better athletes because like as we support more young girls to be better athletes the talent pool is just going to grow and grow and grow and grow um so then the level of play all across the board is going to improve yeah i think a good example for how that is happening in a positive way and i think we'll see we're already seeing effects of but it'll be quicker maybe than you expect is how the women's game specifically in soccer is being embraced in europe in ways it hasn't seen before and last week we talked about how those players in europe are benefiting from an infrastructure Mm -hmm. to train them at a higher level but also they're benefiting from multi-generational fan bases who when these women's clubs started those people naturally were like yes we're fans of manchester united mm-hmm. um so we're we're gonna go check out the women's game too so they had these huge attendance and i think for a lot i would guess that a lot of those spectators who are drawn in because it is their club there's a history they love that sport were then also shown a top level product Mm -hmm. and they have clearly retained those crowds, you know, talk about speeding up the recognition when you have that many people continually watching that product at that high level. And then it's fed by those clubs that gives me hope just in our discussion, the small corner of soccer, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Broadly and does again, point to issues with NWSL as being just too small to keep up. Yeah. And and in a way, not able to provide the players the um, the levels they deserve. But in the same way, MLS is, yeah. is that as well. That's what we said. It's not, it's not men versus women. It's U.S. versus Europe. <laughs> <laughs> Ultimately, Europe. Which side are we on? We're on we're on <laughs> the beautiful game side. Well, Maria, is there anything else this week that you are looking forward to? I have to check to see who leads this play. Oh, I should mention that the fire played horribly and lost again. I fell asleep after oh, that red card. A <laughs> dumb red card. I was like, whoops. And some of them are still above the playoff line. I don't know. I just don't know. I don't know. I just don't know. That commentator on that game is not my favorite. Kalen Carr? I don't know. He used to play for the fire, so I have a soft spot for him. Oh, we're playing Salford City. Oh, Salford? Salford. I've never heard of they it. They have kind of a cool crest. Oh. It's just a lion. It looks like Aslan. Uh, yeah, the, <laughs> the outside of the shield is the lion's mane. That's cool. It actually looks more like Scar than Aslan. Oh, that's true. Yeah, because it's red and black. <laughs> um, speaking of commentators, on that uh, Open Cup game, Oh, the uh, messy open cup game. Yeah, the messy open cup game. Which what? was another, I forgot, that was another bonkers, bonkers game. Mm-hmm. And it's fun to watch. It's very fun to watch. And, and Ray um, Hudson's commentary oh, is so hilarious. Poetry. Just when he says, Messi, he bends light. <laughs> he changes history. Soccer <laughs> is the labyrinth. And Messi is the minotaur. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, Maria. I think that's it for this week. Okay. Okay. As they say, every time Cristiano Ronaldo leaves the stadium, goodbye.
Is that what they say? I have no idea, but that that would be the polite thing to say. Someone probably says it somewhere. Goodbye, Christian. (laughs) Ronaldo. (laughs) Cristiano. Ronaldo. All right. Okay, goodbye. Talk next week. Bye.